Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so what we like to call the reaction pod, immediate reaction from a Bills win or loss, and in this case, a huge win for the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots, 24-10, to 10, their third, what would we call, road win, I guess. One was a neutral field in 12 days and a monster win in the division. Sal Capaccio here, WGR Sports Radio 550, and, of course, Matt Bove joining me. He is on the road right now, coming back from Foxborough, sitting in the car. Hey, buddy. Yeah, we wanted to make sure that we did this as fast as we could. So we've got a seven-hour drive ahead of us. So literally, we just pulled off to the side of the 90, the Mass Pike, got some gas. We switched it up a little bit, and now we're uh, ripping and rolling back to Buffalo. I love it. Well, you be safe driving. I know you're not actually driving, but keep those guys in line as they drive while you talk. Don't distract them with any hot takes, okay? Let's do that. Uh, my takes are never that hot anyway. I don't think there's anything that I could say that would be that spicy. You know, it's funny. This was not even a hot take game to me, Matt. You tell me if you feel the same way. I thought this game was just the bills were in complete control. It was kind of stress-free maybe for a little while after the Marcus Jones touchdown, but this game, they didn't have to go off script. They didn't have to get hot takey. They didn't have to get super sexy. They kind of just showed up, did their job and won the game. That's the Patriots mantra too. It's funny. Do your job. Right. And it was funny as I'm sitting there, they have it all over the stadium. It's on like the ring, the electric board Yeah, goes around, do your job, do your job. And the funniest thing that happened was when Tyler Bass kicked the field goal at the start of the game to go up three, nothing, that field goal didn't go on the scoreboard for like 10 or 15 minutes. And I was going to make a joke, but I didn't know the reason I was going to take a picture and be like, maybe the guy who runs the scoreboard should do his job and post the field goal on the scoreboard. But no, I think you're completely right. I think the better team came into Foxborough and won the game on both sides of the ball. They did it pretty convincingly. I tweeted last night, not all 24 point performances are the same because it felt like to me, the offense was clicking better than we've seen it in the past, but they also controlled the game in the second half took a bunch of time off the clock. I think if they needed to, they would have been able to score more points, but they did what they had to do. They got a win. And Hey, now they're nine and three. I love the way you said that. I always like to say, and I've been saying this for years, 
every game has its own DNA, right? You're, you, every game you have to figure out your own pathway to victory. And the Bills kind of came into this game, I think, knowing that their pathway to victory was just basically don't allow the Patriots offense anything. They don't have a lot of skill players. Shut down their run game. You should be okay. And then score enough points to win. They did that. They got out of there. We'll talk about being healthy getting out a little bit later because there were a couple injury concerns. But I think by and large, they got out pretty healthy. But let's start with Josh Allen and the offense. You just alluded to it. You said it. They've looked, they looked a little bit better. Now the numbers weren't spectacular for Josh Allen, 22 of 33, 223 yards, but two touchdowns, no interceptions. He did have some drops as well. I thought though, Josh looked as good as he has over the past several weeks, maybe since the elbow injury. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that he has probably looked as good as he had since the bye week quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the Vikings game, there were some bigger moments for him, but then there was the costly mistakes. And then the last couple of weeks have been a little bit ho-hum. I think that it was just a very methodical game and it was a step in the right direction. He had a couple passes that could have potentially been intercepted. Now they were in times when, you know, you're trying to get down in a field goal range at the end of the first half, you're forcing a ball a little bit at that point. You're probably don't really care if you throw an interception, obviously the stats care, but I think that it was a good game for him. I, I think I said yesterday night after the sh- after the game ended, I would give Josh a B. Like it was a good game. He didn't make any costly mistakes. He made some really nice plays. He made an unbelievable play on the Gabe Davis touchdown. That's a step in the right direction. I think that the offense is hitting its stride a little bit as they're getting ready for this crucial point in the season. And I do think there is something to be said about them having more success running the ball, seeing James Cook on the field more, using Naheem Hines a little bit more. I think they want to have all of these kind of options available as they get ready for what is their most important stretch. And of course, helping Josh Allen out was a really nice run game again. This time, it's James Cook who steps up. We've started to see this lately, Matt. We've started to see kind of the transformation, if you will, of James Cook. And he kind of took over the lead role, if you will, in this game. I'm not ready to say that that's the way it's going to be going forward. I still think Devin Singletary is the lead back on this team, if you want to put it that way. But I think James Cook has looked confident last night, Thursday night, as we record this, by the way, on Friday. He looked um, strong. He was... I think cutting the way we saw him at training camp when we saw the elusiveness. And I think he's definitely earned the opportunity to share this backfield even more. Yeah. I think there's almost more of a defined role for each of the running backs now than there was before. I think Devin Singletary is there like, okay, we're going to turn around and hand you the ball. James cook is more of their option that has versatility in the passing game with the stretch runs, things like that. That's not to say that James cook isn't going to be used to run it up the middle or Devin Singletary isn't going to be used on screen passes and stuff like that, but it does feel like they're starting to trust James cook. And I think that's a big sign for this team, not just now, but for the future because Devin Singletary has an expiring contract. So, so much of this was about who are going to be the guys moving forward. And if you like what you see out of James cook in the next five games, and then whatever they're able to do in the playoffs, then I think you might feel more comfortable about being like, okay, he's going to be our guy going forward. It's going to be him. And Naheem Hines. That was another part of the Naheem Hines trade, too. It's like, yeah, you're adding a guy who can help you now. I still don't think they're utilizing him as much as they should be. But you're also getting him on a pretty fair deal for the next couple of years. So I think James Cook is starting to trend in the right direction. My one issue with James Cook is it feels like at times he it's weird watching him. He's very elusive. He's very fast. And he kind of has that thing where he is so fast that it doesn't look like he's running that fast (laughs) and he's very patient. I do think sometimes he falls a little bit too quick or he goes down a little bit too easy. There was a play last night. I think it was third and three and they threw it out to him. And it was just basically like a run to the, to the sideline 
to see who could get to the edge. And he didn't get there and he kind of got stopped. But I remember watching the play live. I haven't seen the replay of it and just kind of wondering like, man, I, I kind of thought he should have been able to hit that corner, but he just hit contact and then immediately fell. Now, maybe the team going into that play was like, we don't really care that much. Just make sure the clock continues to run and make sure you don't fumble the ball. But at times you're like, ah, maybe if he would have put his head down a little bit, he could have turned that into a first down. But these are things It's a rookie running back who still has very little experience. I think all things considered, it was probably his best game or one of his best games. He had over 100 total yards, James Cook, 14 carries, 64 yards. He also caught the ball six times for 41 yards. That's where we really thought we'd see him a lot more in this offense. And if that starts to come to fruition and give Josh Allen that outlet, I think the Bills can only benefit. I'll go back to your Naheem Hines point. I, I'm not down on Naeem Hines at all. I think he's done a really good job as a return man. I agree with you that, you know, um, you know, he's being used a little bit differently in the run game, but I also think not advantageously. It, it's only been really kind of jet sweep handoffs or really far behind the line handoffs, if you will, to Naeem Hines. I don't think that's fair to him to judge him on this. I think that it's tough to get yardage like that, but they're gonna have to figure out a way if they want to use that extra guy. Maybe, <laughs> excuse me, maybe that's the next evolution of, you know, what Ken Dorsey sees in the offense and going forward. But in the meantime, obviously Cook and Singletary both doing a nice job yesterday. Let's go to the wide receivers. Stefan Diggs. I mean, Bill Belichick has no answer for Stefan Diggs. Another seven catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. And if it wasn't for a holding penalty, maybe even a ticky tack holding penalty, um, or I should say one that shouldn't have mattered on the play, I guess, uh, to Tommy Sweeney, he probably did hold him. Josh Allen hit Diggs with a long bomb that uh, didn't go for a touchdown that should have and could have. But other than that, though, Stefan Diggs was fantastic in this game once again. Yeah, and actually that point is something that I want to go back to for what we said at the beginning of the podcast. Albert Breer had a great, great tweet about this. The Bills had a touchdown taken off the board. They lost the turnover battle, and they were still up 17 points with two minutes left to play. Like the gap between the two teams is pretty significant when you look at all of those different factors. I think Stefan Diggs, I know we watched Justin Jefferson just completely take over the game against the Bills a couple weeks ago. I think there's a pretty clearly defines top three receivers in the NFL right now. And it's Justin Jefferson, it's Stefan Diggs, and it's Tyree Kill. And you can probably put them in any order that you want, but the Bills are lucky to have that guy. And it's Josh's security blanket. When Josh needs to make a play, he's looking for Stefan Diggs, whether that's in the red zone, whether that's on third down, whatever it is. So Stefan Diggs is just putting together. He had already set marks and records as a Bill right when he got here. And it feels like now he is going to shatter those things that he did a couple of years ago, just with the trajectory he's on. I think, I mean, that, Sal, I think he's already got 10 touchdowns on the season. Yeah. Like he's flirting with a hundred catches already. He's already over a thousand yards, close to 1100. Like he is having a truly remarkable special season. And I don't think that maybe it gets talked about enough because we've grown to expect it from him, but he is just, he is him. Yeah, I like it. It's, you know, I'll tell you, he's also a true elite number one wide receiver, right? How many times did we talk about trying to find one of those in Buffalo? And we know that the Bills have one, but the guy gets targeted so much like a number one wide receiver. That's the thing. And then he makes those catches, spectacular catches, did a great job. Another nice game for Isaiah McKenzie, by the way, five catches, 44 yards. He's really hurt the Patriots. Gabe Davis, only a couple catches. Uh, one was a touchdown. I'll say this about Gabe Davis. Don't. I, this is not a game where you should be down on Gabe Davis with his numbers. Gabe Davis is a big play guy. This was not a big play game plan. I mean, they they really kind of checked it down a little bit, just kept the chains moving. Gabe Davis isn't the guy that's going to thrive in those situations, but he still had the touchdown on a fantastic play from Josh Allen. 
Yeah, and Gabe Davis also does a lot that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Like, as far as their wide receivers are concerned, he is their best blocker. And yesterday was such a run-heavy game that they were really leaning on him to be the guy who was outside, who could kind of try and set the boundary and let that player either get around him or hold somebody off so they could hit the hole in the middle. He did have one kind of block in the back penalty that was pretty obvious that deleted. It took away probably like a five or six yard gain or something like that. So obviously something to something to clean up a little bit. But yeah, no, I don't think that there's really anybody wide receiver wise who you would be like, man, that wasn't a good game for them. Or, oh, man, I was expecting more. The only person I can really think of that I could have that conversation about is Dawson Knox. And it's just like, I don't even know if it's a Dawson Knox thing, if it's a Ken Dorsey thing, it's a Josh Allen thing. It is just really, really head scratching of how uninvolved he has been in the offense. Yeah, I think we've been asking that all year, especially with the year you had last year in the touchdowns, which actually is related to my next thing. We'll wrap up the offense on this before we get to the defense. The offensive line was was without Deion Dawkins, and clearly the Bills made a point to make sure that they protected Josh. And what I think Eric Wood said it really well on the broadcast. He said, Ken Dorsey called an offensive line friendly game, make things easier on the O-line, make things easier for Josh Allen. And that included keeping Dawson, Dawson Knox in to help out. But overall, how did you think the line fared without their franchise left tackle, Deion Dawkins? I think overall they did a good job. I think there were times when it was clear that they missed Deion Dawkins or that Spencer Brown was struggling a little bit. But I think overall, when you look at the entire sample size, they were able to have success in the run game. And a lot of that has to do with the push the offensive line is getting. Josh had the sack where he fumbled the ball. And of course, you don't want to see that happen. There were other times when he was getting pressured, but that's kind of how Josh Allen is like this magic eraser. Even when there is pressure, he's able to navigate the pocket. He's able to extend plays and he's able to either dump it off to somebody or throw for a crazy play and ultimately lead to success for the offense. So I think they did a fine job. I think it would be naive to say that they don't really miss Deion Dawkins. And that is something to monitor moving forward, especially now. Listen, Matthew Judon is maybe the best pass rusher in the NFL at this current moment. Next week though, the Jets have an awesome defensive line. That is their bread and butter. So if you're going to be missing Deion Dawkins again next week, I think that's something that you're concerned about in that game. But it's almost like the same thing as Von Miller, especially now that they've got nine wins. Now at this point, you think you're going to the playoffs. It's just a matter of if you're going as the division winner, if you're going as a wild card team, whatever it is. So just getting yourself healthy, I think, is important. So we don't know about Deion Dawkins. We don't know if Deion Dawkins is going to be ready to go on Monday when they start their Jets week or if it's going to be a couple more weeks. But I just think that the Bills, if you're the Bills, you should still be able to beat the Jets with the line you had yesterday. And you should still be able to do that for a couple weeks if you need to. So just getting everybody healthy, I think, is what's most important. All right, let's talk about the defense. 